Hey, Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Tuesday. We changed up the format a little bit. If you got listened to our show on Monday, we had Coach Harvey Hyde. We're going to do shorter segments with single guests on the podcast multiple times throughout the week. You can, of course, still email the show podcast at uscfootball.com. We want to get your questions. Please specify who your question is for. Harvey Hyde, Dan Weber, myself, Gerard Martinez for recruiting. Or you can call us 206-888-6755. Leave a voicemail there or go to our website, peristylepodcast.com, and leave a voicemail right on the left side of the page. So same kind of podcast, a little bit different format. Like I said, we're going to have different guests each and every podcast, each and every show. And today we have uscfootball.com beat writer Dan Weber joining the show. What's up, Dan? How you doing? Pretty good. Busy day uh, Monday, uh, which was great. Uh, three Three workouts, uh, you know, the one in the evening, uh, the voluntary players-only throwing session, uh, although it's not even completely players-only now. Uh, new NCAA rule allows uh, strength coach Ivan Lewis to uh, to go out and warm up the players, which uh, hadn't been the case in, uh, in previous years. It had to be completely run by the players. So, uh, And that makes a lot of sense that, that you've got somebody out there who – absolutely make certain that the players are, uh, you know, stretched out and loosened up because uh, they go pretty hard in, in those sessions. But, uh, but and then that was on top of, you know, a 6 and an 8 o'clock uh, early morning workout that, uh, that Ivan Lewis said really, he thought, I said, they, they, they went quicker this year. And he said, yeah, they did, barely 50 minutes. Uh, and he said, we didn't, you know, they know what they're doing. They, you know, really have a sense of, of how they're approaching things, and uh, he was very impressed with uh, with the attitude, uh, you know, the buy-in, uh, you know, of this group. So, uh, so that's probably pretty good, pretty good news because Ivan is not a a guy who would, you know, just blow smoke to, you know, say they're they're doing great if they're not. So um, they're, they're, they seem to be. He said that one year really makes a difference that they they know exactly what's expected of them, and I think we saw that last night. Where they were still running the the hurry up up tempo, lots of plays, uh, you know things, uh, you know where they do, uh, you know they call the signals, they do all that kind of thing from the sideline, and yet last year, you know it was almost like a fevered rush to get through everything because they hadn't done it before. Last night, I think they got through it quicker, but it just seemed way more natural. They they just didn't seem like they had to do anything special to do it, that, that they're much more geared up to do it, uh, and it just seems, you know, kind of natural. So so I thought it was a big day uh, Monday for, for USC football. Certainly was, and we got an exclusive look at these workouts, so I was there, there in the morning. We're not allowed, so, so people know, when the strength and conditioning team works out the players, uh, like Dan said, at two different sessions, we are not allowed to be there on the field. Um, so you kind of go outside and watch them coming in and out and see who's there. Uh, so we got to see all the players coming in. And for the most part, uh, everyone was out there. And then uh, later on in the day, they had a players, you know, uh, player run practice. They like to call them PRPs 
uh, or a players only practice throwing session, whatever you want to say. We got to see those guys too. So Dan and I got an exclusive look at the players out there. So we will, if you check back on the site, we will have photos and we'll have video and make sure you check out Dan's ghost notes on the peristyle on uscfootball.com. Lots of detailed notes about what we saw out there on Cromwell field. And, uh, before we have some questions, Dan, but I wanted to maybe we'll we'll go over some of the the kind of main points of what we saw. You you already talked about Ivan Lewis and the the rule change where he gets to go out there and work him out. So that's something that's new. Uh, but a couple new faces we got to see, maybe quote unquote new, and maybe we'll get your comments on that. Uchenna uh, and Wusu uh, was back, and also Cyrus Hobby. We got to see him out there, not really doing anything, but he was out there looking pretty uh, svelte, I guess you could say. Yeah, uh, I know he, uh, you know, he probably, I, I don't know that he ever played over 290 at USC, but uh, when he was a center, I would guess 285 would be about where he was. And we saw him last year once, and I thought he'd gone down, you know, way below, way, way, way below. He, he said he really, he never got below 225, and he's probably 245, 250 now, and, and, and would want to play around the 250 mark. But he told me at athlete's graduation that, uh, you know, his hope is to come back, uh, get into graduate school. He majored in theater undergrad, but his hope is uh, that he was thinking that the communication management might be the direction he'd go. And uh, in order to be able to have this extra year where he would possibly come back and be uh, uh, a blocking tight end, kind of a la Stanford, uh, you know the kind of thing, uh, short yardage and what have you, and uh, and he he certainly looks the part, uh, size-wise. And uh, I know he had to you know kind of retire because of I don't think his body uh, you know could handle uh, that amount of weight. Uh, but uh, looks like he's uh, he's fine at this at this level. I know I know he's been you know lifting weights, and uh, so uh, it looks like he's uh, you know working on getting his uh, admission to grad school and uh, he'd be another one of those kids that you could you know scholarship but wouldn't have to count as an initial uh, you know award so uh, there, there would be a lot of pluses and uh, any anything that could do to you know shore up the tight end uh, you know spot would would be uh, would be good for this team and then uh, the linebacker Chenner and Wusu who missed the I was sent home from San Diego from the Holiday Bowl, undisclosed off-field uh, incident or whatever you know, situation, and then was not enrolled at USC uh, for the spring semester, but is enrolled in summer camp. I got confirmation from USC that he was when we got to see him out there, and he actually had an interception uh, yesterday at the at the workout. Yeah, I mean, uh, like a lot of the re- guys that are rehabbing too, maybe didn't get. Uh, he certainly didn't get spring, you know, ball action. But it doesn't look like a big, you know, drop off at all in terms of he just he looks like he belongs out there and he is back there and uh, and and certainly, I mean, that's the thing that comes through last night is uh, there are about sixty five guys there. None of the incoming freshmen are here uh, in terms of uh, being out on the playing field. They're here. They're just uh, going through orientation, uh, getting their physicals, doing all that kind of stuff. So uh, whether they'll be back uh, by the end of the week, I'm guessing they will. But, uh, uh, you know, we'll just we'll wait and see. But, uh, but with those 65 guys, you realize this team really is uh, too deep, basically everywhere. Uh, you know, once the you know the rehab guys are uh, were filling in, uh, most of them look like they're ready to go, uh, 
and once you get, uh, say, a Dory Jackson steps back, I mean, he's still uh, doing track and field, then uh, Ivan Lewis says, you know, his recommendation to Dory is to take at least a week off after next week's uh, track and field championships that uh, he's going to long jump and run in the, the relays. Uh, but uh, uh, they really do have uh, a too deep, before you factor in any of the true freshmen, you, you, you know, you're going to have to factor in uh, Chuma, Doga, Roy Humsley, those guys, uh, Cameron Smith, who were here in the spring. But before the new newcomers uh, get here, this is a team that, that is significantly deeper than, than last year's team with the eight or so uh, rehab guys uh, you know, back in the lineup. For sure. And uh, you mentioned to Dory Jackson, one of the notables that was not uh, at the workout. But there was another one, notably not there, uh, Jalen Cope Fitzpatrick. Uh, so doesn't look like, I don't know, we'll see if he's going to be around lately. But he was not there for the first day of conditioning in the morning or uh, throwing later on in the day. Yeah, and I, and I think we really don't know. Is it a you know is it a health situation uh, on top of, of other things? Uh, we really don't know uh, how it all plays into it. And I don't think when you talk to people at USC, I don't think they know for sure either. You know where where that's going. Um, um, they just really they really don't know. I think one other player who wasn't there. That uh, that you didn't see in the morning, and I didn't, uh, you know, neither of us saw, and uh, wasn't there last night was uh, was Lamont Simmons. So we'll we'll see, you know, about about him. But uh, but other than that, uh, Kenny Bigelow wasn't there last night, but he was was there in the morning. Uh, and uh, as as Zach Banner proclaimed to the world, he wasn't <laughs> there at the start of practice, but as he proclaimed to uh, very loudly with a big grin on his face, uh, all you bloggers, uh, <laughs> he wasn't late. He was coming from his job at, uh, as an intern at Fox Sports. So, uh, uh, so don't say he, uh, he got to practice late. He was, uh, he was uh, otherwise occupied. He was wearing sunglasses during the workout, so he, he was looking stylish. <laughs> he, he did look stylish. He is a hoot. Yeah, he's, he's one of the funnier guys on the team. Um, and then kind of newsy, we, we, we changed the scholarship distribution chart to show that Jalen Green uh, was moving from uh, quarterback to wide receiver. We saw him in the winter workouts leading up to spring football take a lot of reps at wide receiver, but also take reps at quarterback. Thought maybe for spring football he would move over to wide receiver. He did not. He took exclusively reps at quarterback throughout the spring. But then we heard from some recruits that, you know, uh, the, the coaching staff was saying he's moving to wide receiver, and lo and behold, the you know first day of the player run practices, uh, he was working out exclusively at wide receiver. Yeah, I thought he looked good. I mean, I thought both. Uh, you realize, I mean, we saw him take off, and, and you know, he's boy, he can run. And it's, uh, I think what we saw, we saw some really quick feet, the stop start, uh, the cone stuff, and you know, all that kind of thing. But then we also saw really good hands. I mean, he made a couple of, you know, grabs that, uh, you know, balls that would not have been that easy to catch, and uh, he just made it look easy. Uh, uh, pretty impressive, uh, you know, first night for him uh, as a wide receiver. Yeah, we I put a couple, tweeted out a couple pictures of Jalen Green playing um, 
wide receiver. We're going to have a, a photo gallery. We'll have uh, exclusive photos, exclusive video highlights of you can see him catching footballs and stuff. He looked good doing it, like we said, in the winter. And, uh, you know, he definitely looked good uh, playing wide receiver now. There's more receivers out there, so, it's, it's you know, there's competition and stuff. But he's certainly an athletic kid, and uh, he looked good out there. We'll, we'll see. I mean, we can't talk to the players yet, so we can ask him about that uh, in July. But for this month, we can uh, go down and film, but we are not allowed to interview the players. Yeah, and, and I have to say this. Uh, the guy that jumped out at me, just and I thought Cody obviously is a senior. He's what you would expect uh, a guy who just on Monday was named you know first team preseason All American by Phil Steele, a guy who absolutely does his homework and and he doesn't just throw things out there to see what what's what. But I thought you know Cody looked just you know anticipated threw the ball well, just you know in charge and all the other things that you expect. But the guy that jumped out at me, I thought, was Gigi Smith. He just looks bigger, stronger, quicker, uh, just way more uh, ready to, you know, to play. He did some real subtle things in, in terms of some of the uh, deep routes that he ran. But he just looks uh, – he, he was really impressive. And it wasn't just the uh, cardinal and gold, uh, you know, helm, uh, little uh, – uh, protective headgear that he was wearing he's always <laughs> got something red and red and yellow or cardinal and gold on his on his head and luckily this time it wasn't his hair <laughs> that's true he did but look he really good, good. i thought he looked he just looked dominant uh as a receiver he certainly did um and we have some questions we wanted to get to we post on the peristyle and some people are asked some questions uh a couple of people are asking about freshman at practice dan already addressed that that they're uh, some of them, you know, once they graduate from high school, they can arrive on campus and they can enroll in uh, summer school. There's actually two sessions. And because uh, fall camp is starting a little bit later this year, Dan, uh, players can actually take both sessions um, so they can make up some more classes and stuff. Uh, but we'll see that the, the, the freshmen are arriving. They have to go through an orientation process and all that. And we haven't seen them out in the field yet. We'll see within the next week or so. We, we expect to see them, like Dan said. So some people ask questions about that. Uh, Ave uh, Joe one had a question for you, Dan. What uh, he wanted to request you report on the those that were injured much of last year and how they looked at the the practice yesterday, like Ruffin, Townsend, Woods, Bigelow, Madden, uh, Simmons, Sorrow, Dawson, and most important Wheeler. So <laughs> a lot of names there. Okay. Well, yeah, Bigelow looked, uh, we didn't see him last night, but uh, saw him uh, uh, exiting practice. Uh, he ran by. Uh, he he sure, sure seems to be keeping down to that 285 or so pounds, which, uh, you know, makes him even look more athletic than he's always looked, you know, so athletic. Ran by, you would not have known, you know, that he had an issue uh, or surgery on his knee. So he looks, uh, he looks fine. Antoine Woods, he also looks fine. Yeah, he's out there. You would not know. You wouldn't even guess that he's uh, still recovering. And I think it's a six-month recovery from that, you know, pec surgery on his pec. So uh, uh, he's not really taking part. He's more of a coach and a, you know, a, a senior, uh, you know, director, or, you know, on the field. But uh, but when you see him, when you see him running and doing all the things he's doing. You would not guess that uh, he's still rehabbing, so he looks he looks fine. It looks like Madden and Wheeler would be the two who will be taking it 
still easy uh, the first part of the summer. And uh, Wheeler uh, jumped in with the uh, you know the first group when they were doing uh, uh, pre seven on seven stuff at left tackle. And I think uh, Jabari Ruffin pretty much jumped in there. Uh, he he's easily 240. Uh, he looks like a man out there uh, at the outside linebacker. Uh, ran every uh, every play with the first group. Anthony Sorrell looks bigger, stronger. You, again, another guy who jumped right in where he left off. Didn't look like he'd had you know surgery in the spring. Uh, same with Greg Townsend. He's uh, didn't have surgery that we know of, but uh, certainly you would not have guessed that he was a guy that pretty much had to take it easy in the spring. Uh, Jordan Simmons, I would say the same thing about Jordan, uh, was uh, with the second group uh, at guard. Uh, but uh, it's showing no signs of, of, of any, uh, you know, carryover from his injuries. And Lamar Dawson pretty much had come back by the end of the, you know, the end of the spring. And uh, so uh, pretty much a, a good, you know, clean bill of health for, for almost all the guys. Uh, Madden Wheeler and Woods uh, will take a little bit longer uh, through the summer. But uh but a pretty positive, uh, you know, health uh, health report, I would think. You know, you mentioned Lamar Dawson. I I totally forgot. I did not remember seeing him. Was he out there at the at the workout working with the linebackers? I don't remember seeing him. He was he was there. Uh, okay. I think they were given. It looked like to me they were given the younger guys and the the backup guys were getting a lot more uh, a lot more work. Uh, but I, we have to check. Again, it's hard because we can't talk to them right. <laughs> as to exactly what's going on. Uh, I just thought, you know, they really uh, were concentrating on, on getting, you know, the, the that second group uh, a lot of action. And, and maybe actually they were given the second, you know, second, third quarterbacks a lot of work as well. Uh, so whether that was the plan or not, we, we sort of have to guess at some of these in terms of, the, you know, the player groupings and things like that. And it might have been just a case of uh, he'd already had the one workout during the day, no need to go hard, uh, you know, in the evening. Yeah. Uh, but those will be things we'll probably figure out as we see him more as we go along. And then he had one follow-up about the uh, starting defensive backs, like which, which guys were out there. So there was no Dory Jackson. Uh, I think we got to see Plattenberg and Leon McQuay. looked like they were the starting safeties. Hmm. Um Right, Chris Hawkins was there. Yeah, and uh, okay, we said no Lamont Simmons. Um, Jonathan I Lockett, we, I think, was getting. Yeah, Jonathan. They made an interception. I don't think we saw uh, Kevon do uh, a, a great deal. He was out there, but he didn't. Yeah, do a whole lot. Yeah, I think so. I think we didn't see the first team guys do that much. And, and I know people keep asking, well, what position? What position? I really think. We can kind of downplay positions. Yes. Uh, I just think they're they're looking, and so often they're going to have five DBs on the field, and and they're they're looking for you know hybrid interchangeability kind of guys that can cover, you know, and be physical, uh, and and I think that's what you're going to see, you know, more and more of, uh, you know, with the way the way they're going to play things, and and they think you know they have to do that in the Pac-12 when. You know, you don't see a lot of teams don't you know won't play a tight end. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, you know the the kind of 
230-pound, you know, Taylor Mays guys probably, you know, gone by the wayside. Uh, that, that isn't happening. I mean, there isn't going to be that much difference between a lean. Like right now, Sue Craven, uh, you know, took himself down to probably below 210 and probably going to play at 225. But there's not a whole lot of difference between Sue Cravens and, and, you know, some of the, the bigger DBs uh, right now, which, which played out once. I think they threw a – they isolated uh, James Tolan in the flat <laughs> and with Sue. And he made about six different moves on Sue. And Sue just didn't bite for any <laughs> sort of grin. And, and he and, – and the players were all just hooting and, how, you know, howling because – there wasn't anything Tolan could do to shake uh, Sua in the flat. It was just, you know, I got you. You aren't going anywhere. I don't care what you do. And uh, that's the kind of, I think, you know, cover guys you're looking for that, that can, you know, get isolated with a, with a, you know, running back, an athletic running back, and, and, and not be at any disadvantage at all. I think that's the, that's the sense of, of where this defense is going. Yeah. Uh, Big Nick, 21 USC, wanted, we talked about Jalen for Cope, uh, Cope Fitzpatrick already. He wanted to know, is there any update on Bryce Dixon? He'd be out there practicing, but he was, he was also not out there. He is not enrolled in school. So similar to what uh, Uchenny and Wusu, he's not enrolled. He's not going to be around. Yeah, he's uh, in the process of, of getting re-enrolled. I mean, so many things would have to happen, you know, for that to, you know, and we're not saying that that can't happen over the summer, but um, uh, it's a uh, it will be a long, difficult uh, road to to have all those happen. And and again, as, as I think we said in the war room last week, whether that should or should not be the case, it's it's a very hard, very difficult call uh, right now in terms of what should happen and what should play out, you know, in that, in Bryce's case, we just don't know enough. And we do know that, uh, you know, we wouldn't completely write him off because he does want to stay at USC and there haven't, hasn't been a word, you know, that he's looking elsewhere or whatever. So, you know, from that standpoint, it would seem to still be alive, but, um, um, you know, whether you could say, well, is, you know the punishment of being separated from the team and all the other limitations he had in the spring, and then uh, adding to it, you know, not being enrolled in the summer, and all of that. Could that, you know, combine to be uh, enough of a penalty to um, to allow him to come back if other things also happen? Maybe, but you know, you wouldn't. You don't want to probably come down on any side of, of what you think is going to happen, uh, you know, with him. Uh, Jared Max uh, wanted to know about uh, Cody Kessler's release. Uh, how was it yesterday compared to this time last year, if you remember? Well, I think he's definitely trying to work on, uh, you know, reacting or, or reading and reacting quicker uh, and uh, just being more on top of it. I think last year, uh, basically, there was a, and I was talking to Yogi Roth about this, uh, Pac-12 analyst, former USC quarterbacks coach, and that about there's still an adjustment. No matter, he said, you know, no matter how close Kiffin and, 
and Sark were, it's different. And uh, he said it absolutely takes a year to, you know, uh, get it where you really don't have to think about it. The other thing, Cody, was always, you know, when you've got a 39 touchdowns to five interceptions, whatever ratio that he had that was, you know, spectacular, you're being careful. You're being cautious. You're not throwing the ball away. You're not, and, uh, you know, probably resulted in, and maybe more sacks uh, if you're going to, you know, not turn it over. You you may get sacked more. I think he's uh, more um, able, you know, to get the, you know, to really hit that quick read. And I like the fact that I have talked to him before about, you know, he's always been wearing those um, uh, linemen, high top, heavier, uh, you know, football shoes because he always had some ankle issues uh, from high school. But uh, finally, uh, he's been uh, he's been talked into uh, wearing some you know the low cut, lightweight you know much more you know well designed uh, football shoes, and uh, whether it's just a, an optical illusion or but the aesthetics of it are he's moving those feet quicker back there, and he's certainly working on it I think in delivering the ball. Uh, where he doesn't, I know Yogi has talked to him about this, about the ability to deliver the football when, say, the bottom half of your body is going one way and you can still deliver it the other way. You don't have to have everything. And Cody's always had the ability to scramble and throw on the run. But the thing that he's done so well throwing on the run is he can get everything lined up. Just, just It's that basketball you know, point guard in him that he, uh, he's always able you know, to transfer that to football. And I think they've been working on, even if you can't get your your whole body in line and you're, as as Yogi would say, a dirty pocket, you know, and things are coming down on you, you still are able to deliver the ball. Uh, And I think we're seeing more of that, where where Cody um, just has that ability to to just throw it with his arm if he has to, or just with his top top end. uh, And so, uh, you know, you got – I'd say real progress uh, there. Not that he needed to make a you know a great deal of progress, but I think in in in, in that you know anticipating and delivering the ball uh, just bang right now. Uh, I think you're you're seeing more of that. Uh, Tarek wrote in. He said, with Anthony Sorio, uh sitting out all spring, does that leave the Will linebacker spot up for grabs in fall camp? Well, I think everything's up for grabs. I really do. I think. Uh, at the linebacker spot more than anything, uh, you know, with the, with the rehab guys, the returning guys, uh, freshmen uh, with, you know, real, real talent, all of those, uh, you know, with Cameron Smith performing at a, at a higher level than I think anybody had a right to expect uh, in spring. Uh, with Uchenna, you know, returning, uh, uh, and Tucker, you know, played well there. Lamar Dawson is back. I mean, you just have, uh, it's an interesting, and then Sua uh, going to outside linebacker. You just have a whole range of, of possibilities at that position. Uh, so I would say, I would say they're all, uh, they're all open and up for grabs, but, uh, but Anthony looked, you know, he looked like he belonged last night again. Uh, he, he looks, he looks more like you would expect a senior to look. He's bigger, stronger, uh, and again, doesn't show any signs of uh, of having missed uh, missed in the spring. So, so I don't think the spring, I don't think the spring is going to be a factor 
for any of these guys. Uh, I think that, you know, it, it was good for the ones who were here, but I don't think it's going to limit any of the ones that, that missed spring. All right, we got a couple more kind of general USC questions. Uh, then we'll end it uh, end the show. ECD for USC. Uh, where does the Coliseum renovation currently stand? We are about to. We heard about USC planning to make future improvements recently, but haven't heard any more developments. Uh, just hope they can reconfigure uh, the site angles to get fans closer to the field, and thereby enhancing the acoustics, giving fans uh, that home field advantage. See LSU. Ohio State, Michigan, ASU, Oregon, Texas, Tennessee, etc. It's great to get the fans to rock the Coliseum and put the fear back into the opponents when they come into our house. Thanks, Dan, and keep up the good work. Well, that's a good uh, a good point. Uh, he has gone kind of quiet in terms of the Coliseum. Uh, I would have thought we would have heard some more about it uh, by now, and that's something good to probably you know push uh, through on. If I had to guess, and it's strictly off the top of my head. The potential of an NFL team uh, possibly needing a place to play in L.A. for uh, a couple of years maybe um, might really be impacting the time frame and the decisions of what's going to happen at the Coliseum. I mean, there have been conversations, We, you know, people – uh, with the NFL teams that might be coming to L.A. have been seen – talking to people at USC. So uh, how that would, in the short range, change uh, where they're going with the Coliseum, uh, you know, where you maybe you don't do the, the big, you know, steps that are going to take two years uh, in the long run, or maybe, you know, you're going to get some um, uh, with the money that uh, an NFL team uh, would be able to, you know, put into the Coliseum. Do you do some short-range fixes at that point, and that changes your schedule around. But uh, I do think something along those lines is probably happening, which is why we haven't heard uh, to this point where that kind of two-year plan, I think originally it was going to take them two years to get to where they wanted to go. Uh, they may not be able to do it the way they were thinking they were going to do it. But uh, but I do think, you know, don't write the NFL off at the Coliseum, I don't think. I think and I think that can be a good thing for USC. All right, and we got one last one for you. Thanks for that, Dan. And uh, Roger, Newport Beach. Um, so he was talking about, this is uh, from a couple weeks ago before I went on vacation, big news about Pete Carroll receiving his honorary, honorary degree from USC and his induction into the USC Hall of Fame. It seems that there is one glaring omission in our healing, and that is how to somehow bring back Mike Garrett into the fold. I feel that Max Nikias threw Garrett under the bus when he came in, bringing the new sheriff in town to clean house with Pat Hayden. Mike Garrett is a Heisman Trophy winner, uh, served 17 years as our athletic director, and his only supposed mistake was to claim that USC was innocent in the Reggie Bush witch hunt. Uh, if there is truly a great Trojan, look no further. Do you guys think it's possible for Nikias Hayden and company to swallow their pride and welcome Mike Garrett back with some sort of affirmation similar to what we did for Pete Carroll, Roger in Newport Beach? Yeah, Roger, I think um, one of the biggest problems with Mike Garrett is as much as he got uh, filleted almost for what he said at that alumni gathering after the uh, NCAA penalties came down and for his basic attitude toward the NCAA, as it turned out, 
Mike Harrell was right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's the thing. He got it exactly right. And his attitude is in such disagreement, you might say, with the current attitude at USC that it makes it, it would make it almost uncomfortable. Now, I know they, they, what was it, the weight room they named after Mike, but that was kind of quiet. And, um, uh, it would probably be a, a worthwhile thing, you know, to bring. Uh, and, and there was some. Mike had an unusual personality. I don't think there's anybody that you know that wouldn't admit that that he was just in a different place. And uh, uh, it would probably be a good thing to bring him to figure out a way to bring him back. Uh, and I, you know, I think anything USC could do to highlight, you know, what the NCAA did the USC, the injustice of what the NCAA did the USC, uh, I don't think would be a bad thing. Uh, you know, and I'm not crazy about, for example, you know, if Mike got thrown under the bus, uh, I think uh, Mike probably threw basketball under the bus with, uh, with what happened with Tim Floyd. And uh, I'm not crazy about that. I thought that was, uh, that was our line. Uh, how different things would be at USC right now had, you know, if Tim Floyd would have stayed uh, and been able to stay. And uh, so, uh, so there, you know, there are those, those kinds of issues that uh, you would like to see some healing there. And probably if it helped point out that, you know, maybe um, USC could say, we may be taking a different look at this thing uh, as many years later. Is this develops? I think somebody made an interesting point on the peristyle the other night. They said, uh, or they asked the question. I think it might have been one of our kind of lawyer posters. He said, "Wouldn't it be interesting if USC figured out if they could join the uh, even at this late date, join the uh, uh, Todd McNair lawsuit, and uh, you know, see if there's a way to to uh, you know combine uh, you know the damages done to Todd with the damages done to USC." Uh, you know, just throwing that out there, but uh, that would be the kind of thing you could highlight, maybe if you, uh, you know, brought Mike back, and uh, in, in, in ways in which you can do that, and you know, small ways maybe, but uh, but ones that said, you know, uh, the way the NCAA treated USC was uh, was something we're not going to put up with, and we're going to resist it in uh, in a number of ways, and then. That gets you into the, you know, the reincorporating Reggie Bush and all the other things that, uh, you know, should have happened and, and maybe will happen. And we actually got one last one that posted on the Peristyle uh, while we were taping. So we'll, we'll do this one quick for you, Dan. We'll wrap up the show. Blue Lion Troy, uh, which player injured or redshirted in 2014 will surprise us this season? Hmm. I'm about surprised. Like Kenny Bigelow, I think there's expectations yeah, there. I don't know if he's he's right on the top of my list, too. And the more I, when I look at my list, he'll surprise us, I think, just by getting out there and being able to do some of the things that I think so many people thought when they you know, saw him in high school, you know, knowing that he hadn't gotten to play very much and it was a really different sort of a you know high school football situation and whatever the coaching was and all that. You just always looked at his you know, body, and, and, and then now that we know him and we see his attitude and all that, 
that would be probably Kenny Bigelow would be the guy that jumped out at you know from from just anything that he's able to 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 do out there would be uh, you know the kind of really positive not so much a surprise but just a you know you'd just be really pleased that that could happen with the rest of them I don't know that there's anybody on on our our list that would surprise you I mean that's the thing. You know that's the thing about being at USC. You really shouldn't be surprised <laughs> at what any of these guys can do. Yeah. I mean, you really shouldn't. For example, if Max Brown would have to step in, you know, for Cody, I don't think it would qualify as any kind of surprise if he did great. You know, I mean, it just so. Uh, I would say Bigelow would be the the guy I would, and maybe it'd just be the we'd be surprised that. He's finally getting his uh, opportunity to do what he can do. All right. Well, Dan, great stuff. We're changing, like I said, changing up the format a little bit. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully the fans enjoy it. And uh, drop us an email, podcast at uscfootball.com, if you like the new format. We'll try to do multiple podcasts per week, shorter segments uh, with different guests each day. And, uh, Dan, thanks for coming on and uh, changing it up with us. Thanks very much. Enjoyed it. Good, uh, lots of good questions. Uh, you know, keep them coming. All right. Thanks, for everyone, for tuning in. Stay tuned to theparastylepodcast.com for more. You've been listening to the Parastyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.